up with things. So um, we're going to get started. If you don't have one, just raise your hand and she'll get it over to you. And uh, and God will will um, you know, follow along and and um, do what we need to do. So praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Everybody needs a book. I wouldn't sit and not know what's going on if you have something available. So I just remember to bring it every first of the month, every first Saturday or second Saturday, like I said. First one, I don't remember where we're at, but we were somewhere in the spirit with the Lord. We were, we were on the, in the spirit on the Lord's day. All right. So, Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace. Lord, we thank you for mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And we praise you, Lord. We say hallelujah to the Lamb. Glory to the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth to receive all blessing and glory and honor and power and praise. We honor you, Lord. We love you. We lift you up. You are the most high God. You are the maker and creator of all things. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We bless you, Lord. We praise your holy name. We magnify you. We lift you up. And we praise your holy name. We praise your holy name. We praise your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. We exalt you, Lord. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We praise you and magnify you. Oh, we extol you, Lord. We lift you up. We lift you up. We lift you up. We lift you up. You are the most high God. You are the one true and living God, maker and creator of all things. And we invite you into our midst today. Work with us, teach us, help us. Reveal your word and your truth to us today, Lord. And we love you and we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory, glory, glory. Praise God. So um, this chapter starts on page 21, 29, I'm sorry. And the title, Our Motive Must Be Love. Our motive must be love. You know, I, I read all kinds of things from from all kinds of people. You know, I'm always looking at Facebook and I say, oh, Lord, I say, this is it's a good thing. It's not just for Christians only or it would look strange for Christians to say some of the things that are said. But uh, the many times people are asking God for things and complaining that other people, um, you know, you know, this is for your haters and this is for uh, people, you know, people who told you you wouldn't be anything, you know, and there some ministers just seem to say that same type of thing over and over and over again. They don't have anything else to encourage the saints with except the people that said you weren't anything are going to, uh, are going to, uh, uh, you know, their eyes are going to pop when they see God bless you. And, you know, it's kind of like, huh? Is that what we live for around here? That can never be your motive. Amen. God says vengeance belongs to me. I will repay. 
you repay people and while you waiting on somebody else to for their eyes to pop out because you got a little something huh make sure your eyes ain't popping out because god is blessing them more because they don't judge you you understand what i'm saying i mean sometimes people doing you a favor when they get you to doubt your greatness (laughs) huh I mean, seriously, sometimes it's, it's, it's a, a, uh, an opportunity for you to pray about some things. You know, and put those things before the Lord and say, God, if there's something in me, you know what I'm saying, that's boastful or that, that's lacking in, in, uh, understanding of who I am. If there's a need here in me that people are perceiving and probably expressing it in a negative spirit, Father, help me. To see myself the way you see me, you know, people ain't real stupid. They're not all wrong all the time and you're all right all the time. But a humble heart will bring it before the Lord, bring it before the throne of God. Amen. And Father, I repent if I'm boastful. I repent if I'm arrogant. I repent of, you know, these character flaws sometimes that we have. And so God can help us to walk upright. But as far as retaliation and vindication and all that, you let God settle these disputes. Amen. You don't live for showing people something. Amen. You're not a a show and tell here. You're a a child of the Most High God. And you humble himself yourself to him and he would exalt you in due season. The season to be exalted is not when you're in your flesh trying to prove something to everybody. It's it's due season, amen. Sometimes it happens when it least phases you and you say, well, thank you, Jesus, for that. And it was something you just thought you would die if you'd never get. All of a sudden it, it shows up on your doorstep and it's like, you know, okay, well, Lord, because you've thanked him for it already if you ever possess it. And so we have to be aware of of our motive the motive in our hearts and allow god to purify our hearts and to dwell there and to to it be enthroned on your heart not just coming and going but to be enthroned that he was seated in your heart permanently and you draw from that draw yourself into the presence of god more allow god to do some holy ghost magnification examination and and begin to help you to understand where you're going. Uh, because if there are certain things that need to be adjusted in our hearts, it's because he's taking us somewhere greater. And it takes a pure heart to be able to get there. And so be thankful. The Bible says when the righteous smite me or the righteous slap me, it's a kindness. Amen. So we got to think about things like that. If If righteous people who are living right with God even take the time of day, to have some time with you it's a kindness you understand what i'm saying it really really is there are so many people who need help you know i deal with people all the time because of being on social media people say well i need prayer for this and i need prayer for that and i think to myself i have people sitting here week after week after week who are kind of stuck in a rut and won't even try to move beyond. And here's people out here who for some reason can't get to church. You understand what I'm saying? Don't take what God's put in your midst for granted. I don't care if it's a relationship, a marriage, your children, grandchildren. Don't take it for granted. Consider it precious 
and and worth protecting and worth praying over and believing the best as far as those things are concerned because it will all come back to you in goodness and mercy as much goodness and mercy as you can release from your heart it'll come back to you that way and as warriors we've got to make sure that we're not dragging around a lot of baggage and a lot of nonsense and a lot of of uh, misunderstanding, misjudging, miscalculation and defensiveness. Everybody wants to be right all the time. And so we can't do that. We can't afford to do that. We have to let God be the judge of all things. Just let it go and let God be the judge over it. And he'll tell you your part to play. Sometimes all you got to do is be cool and don't get real stupid on him. And it'll all blow over and you'll find out that God gets the glory for it every single time. So we do as warriors have to check our hearts. You know, check uh, what your motive is. Check how you're desiring things. Check how you're, you're, and check how you're using the time that God gives you. Amen. Warriors in their spare time. I remember when, uh, Pastor Shirley said when her husband came back from Vietnam. He would share very few things with her, but he told her, he said, we took care of our guns because that gun was your best friend. Amen. And that's what we have to do as warriors. Take care of your weapons of war because they're your best friend. Guard your heart with all diligence. Amen. Uh, uh, make sure you stay sharp in the word. Always sharpening yourself in the word of God. Meditating on the word. Listening to good revelation and teaching on the word. Things of that nature will keep you going uh, when when everything else fails. Those are your weapons of warfare. Amen. Love is always the highest of the fruit of the spirit. Amen. Joy is next to it because it's an overcoming fruit because warriors need it and warriors lean into joy more than they lean into anything else. You can tell defeated people because they're all serious and dry in the face and, you know, always trying to figure out a way to make somebody know who they are. You understand what I'm saying? And so uh, that's that's a failure mentality. They've already failed at everything. But if you're an overcomer, if you're a warrior, you're not afraid to confront things. You're not afraid to challenge an atmosphere, challenge sickness, challenge, uh, 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 you know, evil, all kinds of evil. Wherever you see it, you won't be afraid to challenge it. If you see it in the schools where your children attend, you have to be willing to challenge evil and and pray about it. You know, when I say challenge, I don't mean go off, run off and tell somebody off. An idiot can do that and get very bad results. But I'm talking about challenging in the realm of the spirit, taking authority over what's not of God and and being able to declare God's righteousness in all situations. So people who have a pure heart are very quick to do those things. We're quick to respond to evil. Quick to respond to things that are on a kilter. We don't go around and talk about how bad things are. You know, that's that's not your your calling card. Your calling card is to put God on the scene in every single situation and expect God to make a change. Amen. Expect him to to move things in the direction of peace, in the direction of victory, in all of those directions. Keep your expectors out at all times for the miraculous in God. And look for him 
to use you. Look for him to remedy situations. When you pray about things, don't always think about the other guy as being the answer. Think about yourself as being the answer. Huh? God, you don't have to look for anybody else. Use me. Amen? I'm not asking you to send somebody else. Use me. Amen? And so if we will do that, then we'll be able to get everything that we need from the hand of God. We'll be blessed. Not everybody do your sandwich thing. All right. It's going bye-bye. Okay, praise God. So on page 29, where it says our motive must be love, 1 Corinthians 9, 16 through 18, for if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. Isn't that amazing? Like we'll win one soul to Christ and we'll talk about it for 10 years. You know, Paul said that's nothing to boast about. For necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. So there's a certain um, drawback in your life if you don't look for opportunities to share Christ, if you don't look for opportunities to preach the gospel, if you don't uh, look for those things. I was in the supermarket here, supermarket again, but guess what? I took a shower before I left the house. Well, no, wait a minute. No, I did. <laughs> I'm messing with y'all. Well, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Okay. But anyhow, uh, um, so I was in the supermarket. I was talking to the cashier. There was a lady behind me waiting. So we were talking about those Mark's bags. And so she had one in her cart, and the cashier said, are you buying this? And she said, no, it's mine. And I told her, I said, I said, I wish I could be like you. I said, I buy mine every time I come in here. I said, because I leave them at home. I said, I got a stack of them things everywhere but here when I need it. So what does that do? It opens up the door for somebody to talk to you. And so we were, as we were talking, uh, she shared that she was, um, uh, she was concerned about her health for something. And she said, I have to have a test done. And I told her, I said, I said, I got something for you. I said, you love God? She said, yeah. I said, well, listen, I got something for you. So I took the prayer cloth out. I keep a flyer with me now. So it was an old flyer, but, you know, it don't look like me on them. You know what I'm saying? So my, my usual, my usual, that's me with my air comb. You know what I'm saying? And so she said, she said, uh, and she was talking about work. I said, I don't think I'm, I can work again. If I go somewhere, I get fired because I preached to everybody. Oh, you're a preacher. I said, yeah. And so the cashier standing there watching us and the cashier looked at us. She said, do you two know each other? And I said, I said, we know each other in the spirit. I said, because if, if I love her, I said, and I would go up to anybody and ask him, do you know Jesus Christ is your savior? And she hugged me. She said, I sure do. I said, well, God, well, sweetie, you are healed. God wants you well. And you are healed. So I gave her a prayer cloth. I gave her a, a flyer. I gave a cashier prayer cloth and a flyer. And I said, that's got the power of God on it to keep you well. To keep, I see your tests are going to come back negative because God says you're healed. And so it's as simple as that. Just being open to be open. Amen. It's good if you can forget who you are. I still don't remember if I, well, I think I took my shower. I did. I took my Gigi said I took my shower. I don't have to worry. But you know what I'm saying. 
Small things can hold you back. You got me? Uh, uh, hindrances. Being concerned about you. You know what I'm saying? But when we go out there for God, we go in Christ. We don't exist anymore. Amen. It's us in Christ. Amen. And so it's always good to know that God will open the door in simple things. But you've got to be yourself. Yourself has to be a person that wants to share and wants to, to uh, you know, doesn't care how you look to people. You got me? If you care how you look to people, it's going to be tough. But you can burst out of that shell and you can get into the spirit where God is and God wants to help people. So we preach the love of Christ. Amen. Paul says here. He says, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel, for if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if I do it against my will, I have been entrusted with a stewardship. What is my reward then? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge, that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. Amen. So Paul is saying he's not feeling there's nobody holding a gun to his back to do this. He's doing it just out of a pure heart and a mandate from God, and he'll get a reward for that. Amen. And so he wants to be faithful with what he's been entrusted, and that's what we want. Amen. So we preach the love of Christ, not for any other motive. We preach out of the love of Christ, not for any other motive. You want to see people well. You want to see them healed. You want to see him saved. And if you have faith in your heart that God will do these things, he will use you to do them. So your job is to develop the faith that's necessary so that when you begin to speak these things to people, God will use your words and will come for your words and will manifest himself in the form of what they need. So we preach out of the love of God with a pure heart because it's on the inside of us to do that. That's what Paul is saying. Woe to me if I preach not the gospel. Amen. It's like fire shut up in your bones when God wants to use you and he gives you a message. This goes back to our self-government of keeping a pure heart. So when you're responsible, a good steward over what God's given you, you will be the type of person who wants to examine your heart. You know, when you get angry at things or get angry about things, you want to make sure that God um, uh, understands and, and you go to him and you get him to, to forgive you. You ask forgiveness. You say, God, here I am again, you know, reacting the way I shouldn't react or getting uh, angry for nothing or, or whatever it is. So that self-government, keeping a pure heart. When we get off track and God exposes something, repent. Give it back to him and say, God, I don't want to be like this. Help me to get it together so I can do the work that you have ordained me to do with more fervor. And also, you want to to please God in all things. Amen. So your pure heart is not just for work, but it's for, for pleasing him. It's for peaceful living. Is for being content with yourself and not being critical of yourself, not not putting yourself down or, or being judgmental or lacking in anything. But it's so that you can have peace within yourself about all things and then that peace will follow you.
Allow it to come from your heart and have fun doing what God has ordained you to do. I have fun when I can minister to people. I have fun when I can share the word to people, especially people who will receive it. You understand what I'm saying? And so when you when you know a person is there to receive what you have for them, it makes it so much more the enjoyable. Now, don't think that you're not going to run into people who resist because you will sometimes, but that's not going to steal your joy. It's not going to stop you from going out and obeying God the next time. And so you want to be that person that always looks at each open door as a new opportunity. You're not taking the old, and this is a problem sometimes that we have. Because you get some no's, you think the next person will say no, or you let it discourage you or deflate you. Uh, it's never that way if you do things by the spirit amen if you do now some people keep going but they're not in the spirit you ever come up to anybody running somebody that was kind of like half angry and had a little bite to them trying to tell you about the lord and so you don't want to be that person but i'm telling you if you go to god with things that you when you know you're you're not not in the right spirit or you know you're angry you know you're upset or you know you think you shouldn't do this anymore because it didn't work the last you got to take those things to him and get him to help you get yourself straightened out so that every opportunity is a new opportunity every time you talk to somebody about the lord it's a new opportunity to talk to him just because they said no 15 for 15 years <laughs> They can say yes on year 16. So you keep going. You got me? This is the way we have to look at it. Amen? There was a man who was a top salesman for, trying to think. I I get him mixed up. Two guys I get mixed up. Um, I think it was a Fuller Brush guy. Everything I learned, I learned from some. His name is in the title. A girl that worked for him wrote it for him. But he had some kind of, he was either some kind of learning disability or something like that. Uh, he was born that way. And, uh, he was born like, he would be like my age. So this was in the era where if your kid was anything wrong with them, they put him in institution. And you never saw him again. You were, she made them make a place for her son in school all his life. So he went to school, but he had some limitations. Uh, but he sold either Watkins products, Fuller brushes, or something like that. But he was their top salesman. And he said what the what he did, he said he made up his mind that no was never permanent. He said somebody would say yes eventually. And they took his, his, uh, you know, tips and, and instructions and, and began to teach them to other salespeople there because he always had, he said he would go to people and he took the bus everywhere he went. He couldn't drive. He didn't do anything like that. And this lady that worked for him, his, his mother helped him. His mother drove around and did the deliveries. He just got on the bus, went around, made friends with people, took his samples, got the orders. 
his mother then would go and deliver for him. Well, the mother passed away, and so this lady started helping, or the mother got much older, and this lady started helping him. She was the one that had him tell her all these things. She wrote it down in a book, and they began to share it with other salespeople. But he had some excellent understanding of how not to take no for an answer. And how to bounce back from the no's that people would give. People would slam the door because he talked funny and and would ridicule him. But he never thought anybody's no was permanent. He would even have people say, you again, come on in here. I'm going to buy some of this stuff just to get rid of you. You understand what I'm saying? And so we have to be like that. We have something very, very precious inside of us. And, you know, I think the more precious you consider it, the more you want to give it to other people. It's not like other stuff that we possess. Amen. Sometimes if you only got one one diamond ring, you don't want you don't want to think about giving it away. You understand what I'm saying? But the gospel is more precious than that. And so we give it freely. We're supposed to be free givers of the manifold grace of God. And so the way that you can keep yourself free to do it is stay in the spirit. Keep a pure heart. Let God always speak to you. See each situation as a new day and a new situation. So it's just good to be like that. So it says here, there is nothing. And enjoy, it says here on page 30, allow it to come from your heart and have fun doing what God has ordained you to do enjoy it do not treat it like a chore that you are stuck with doing it should be enjoyable there's nothing better than to lead a person to the lord knowing that their soul is not going to hell praying for people and seeing that their healing has manifested is such a wonderful feeling not even money can take its place nothing can take the place of working for god and there is no reward greater this employment is just so awesome First Corinthians sixteen fourteen. Let all that you do be done with love. Amen. God is really calling his warriors to do end time work. This is the work that God has set and God has set it up and it's going to be easy. Amen. All we have to do is open our mouths and let it flow. We just have to follow the prophet's direction. The offices of prophet and apostle are often feared or disliked. The devil wants the warriors to be suspicious of those positions, but we should embrace them because God gave them to the church as a blessing and a gift. Don't miss out on the blessing that comes from receiving God's anointed leadership. When you work under the supervision of the prophet and apostle, their anointing rubs off on you. God has it all designed and prepared. All we need to do is be obedient, open our mouths, and be in the right place at the right time. If you are in the right place at the right time, you will not be afraid of saying the wrong thing. That's very important because many times we are hindered from speaking up for God because we're scared. What if it's not right? Well, what if it is? And see, this is where faith has to take over. You've got to have faith that if you make a mistake in your words, God's bigger than your mistake. It won't kill somebody if you don't get the words just right. But it will hurt them if you never speak. 
See, if you just keep it to yourself, that will hurt them. And so we have to understand that God is much bigger. If he forgave your sins, he must have been bigger than your sin. So after you're saved, if you make mistakes, then he's bigger than those too. You don't get kicked out because you make a mistake after you're born again. Amen. If that were true, he wouldn't have anybody to use. But it speaks to the power of his blood to continually cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. And continually work righteousness into us. So God employing us, amen, is is a, an awesome and a miraculous thing, amen. So not even money can take the place of what God is doing uh, through us in helping humanity. So if we do everything in love, open our mouths, let God speak through us, then God will be able to do miraculous things, but he can't do it if we don't yield to him and cooperate with him. Amen. And we have to be the kind of people who know how to speak, uh, how much to say, you know, be people of discretion. Amen. You don't want to bore people by reciting every scripture, you know. Amen. It's not about you. You got to know how to get get to where God wants you to go with that individual. You know, going out in groups can be good and bad in some ways. Because sometimes there's that group think thing that if you're with somebody and you somehow begin to strive, you know, like the enemy can put a strife and a competition between people and somebody will want to come up and they say the same thing you just told that person. You got me. So you have to be careful about being led by the Spirit of God. You don't matter. You don't count. You don't exist when you start ministering for God. Because if you're concerned about how you look or or what you sound like or, you know, there are times where I'll say, I say, God, well, I quit asking him about it. I just roll with the flow. But I used to think I had to have a singer's voice in order to sing the song of the Lord. And so, I know y'all wish that too, but some, huh, you ain't getting it and I ain't either. But, but the, the song comes through a gift. So if nobody else is gifted there to pick the song up, you, if you got the gift, then you gotta believe for enough of a voice that people will listen to it. And they'll get what God wants them to get out of it. Amen. If I had a voice, trust me, I wouldn't know y'all. Hello. Excuse me. Hello. It's the diva here. Oh, really? Can you get my bag for me, darling? You understand what I'm saying? Some people don't need to be blessed with other stuff. And I've even heard uh, other prophets say, well, you know, they sing the song of the Lord. They try to sing the song of that voice band. We tell them, just shut up and speak it. Well, that's not correct either. If God gives it as a song, he wants it to be ministered as a song. See, people don't know there's a difference between a ministry in song, between a ministry in normal voice and speaking. There's a reason he puts it to music. got me? As for all y'all critics sitting out there, you understand what I'm saying? That want to hinder the gift of God instead of receive it and nurture it. Sometimes if you get off people's case, 
and quit being so critical, they can minister out of a better voice what God wants them to speak. You got me? So we have to be careful that we don't frustrate the grace of God working in people either. So you just have to, you know what I'm saying, just roll with it. You understand what I'm saying? Just go with it. You're looking for the message. You're looking for, and there are certain things that have to be put to melody because of the place in the human soul that music occupies. You got me? There's a place in people's souls that music occupies. It's there for you. Amen. Am I right, brother E? See? And, and people who are musicians have a bigger capacity for receiving those things. So they have an overflow they can share with other people. You have a capacity in you to let it minister to you and probably some people around in your atmosphere. But then there are people that have a greater capacity for it and they can get a greater atmosphere or greater drawing with that capacity and there's greater overflow. Like you see your your worship leaders that can sing and sell millions of records. They have a greater capacity for it and God creates an overflow for them. For their gift. And so they're, they're gifted to pick up sounds. They're gifted to put things together so that it ministers comfort and it ministers healing. And all of the things that music does for us, amen, they have a greater capacity to minister those things. And so we, you know, sometimes we just need to shut up criticizing people and start listening to God about these things. Or go to some people that understand them and get some some understanding from them about these things before we get all worked up about everything. You know, everybody's music is not for entertainment. It's for ministry. The entertainment industry has perverted it. It's really for ministry. You ever you ever notice that there's you can sit and all of a sudden a song will come to you and you remember it from like kindergarten, third grade. Well, that's the place that music occupies in your soul and is to be brought up to help you to minister to you in your time of need. Amen. It's like, uh, you know, you can be in a supermarket and they always play the kind of music they play in the supermarket. Is the kind that will make you want to stay in there. Huh? They do. If they don't play nothing that's going to chase you out of there. You got me? They'll always play something that, that they've, they've, they've taken surveys and they know that everybody knows Anita Baker. Amen? And, and here you are saved 40 years in the supermarket and you're giving you the best that I've got. Baby, and you let your cart go and start. I'm telling you, I'm giving you the best. Huh? And you see your backup girls with you and all that. Come on now. And you stay in that suit because you got to hear the end of Anita Baker. So now you you on aisle 10. And the next time they pick you up, you over in the protos an hour later because you're waiting on another Anita Baker to come on them. Huh? True. (laughs) So don't miss out on the blessing that comes from receiving from God's anointed leadership. It's a blessing there. 
when you work under the supervision of the prophet and apostle, their anointing rubs off on you. And you need it, trust me. Uh, you need it. So God has designed it all, designed it all and prepared it. Amen. All we need to do is be obedient, open our mouths, be in the right place at the right time. Amen. So there's a boldness and a confidence that comes with these anointings. You got me? Boldness, confidence. We need both of them. Confidence is not arrogance. Amen. You got to know the difference. One is spiritual, one's carnal. Now there's imitations to every spiritual fruit and every spiritual strength that God wants to give us. So arrogance would be a counterfeit of boldness. Amen. Arrogant really, the, the word arrogant, uh, comes from, from two words. It means, uh, to, it means not to ask. It means you don't ask. Amen. Rogo means to ask in Latin. A rogo means don't ask. A is not. Amen. Or against asking. So you find arrogant people, they ain't under nobody's authority. So they wind up catching a religious spirit instead of the Holy Spirit empowerment. Because they, 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 y'all can't stop me from doing what God told me to do. I know God told me. Their whole life is proving to everybody that they know God. So it's an outward show that they're trying to do. And they don't ask, they're not under nobody's authority. They get out and make up old crazy stories and crazy stuff. And God told me and God told me and God told me. Uh-huh. They get you drunk with their God told me's. So we have to stay with God. And do not do it for the reward. It should, be, it should not be against your will to preach the gospel. This should come out of the abundance of your heart. Amen. It's part of our self-government. Luke 6.45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. Amen. So we're good people. We're going to bring forth good treasure out of our heart. Evil man brings forth evil, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So you, even if you say some wrong things, or you, you're not in a good mood to do something, or whatever, whatever, God can pull you back into right standing again. You know, don't go off on a tirade, or, or the worst, worse than that, people beat themselves up for what they do wrong, but worse than that, make excuses for it forever, and never correct it. God wants you corrected. Amen. Just humble yourself and correct it. Another part of self-government is having integrity in your heart. And that is to pick up your cross and follow Christ. That is our mandate. So you can't get where God wants you to go empty-handed. You've got to take your cross with you. Amen. Cross is things sometimes we just want to be rid of and can't get rid of them. Huh? burdens that you wish you didn't have people that you wish you didn't have to pray for you got me disappointments things that you thought were going to go from you know point a to point b very quickly and now there's a hindrance there and so we have to learn how to live with a certain amount of um i would say drawback in the natural but then you don't let that hinder your spiritual condition you know, uh, you can go through life as though nothing is wrong, to be honest with you, if you walk in the spirit. You learn how to walk with God and have God's 
attitude about it. If you believe God, he's still going to do what he said he's going to do. He says he hasn't changed his mind about anything. And so and I know sometimes it's an effort for us to to stay in that flow and stay full of joy and stay all that. But you can do it. That should be a personal goal for you. God, help me to live like there's nothing wrong in my life. Help me to live like I'm not really broken hearted on the inside. Help me to live, live like I'm all healed and I'm not still desiring healing and wanting healing and all those. And God will be healing you till you leave this earth. Don't think, you know, well, if you get past this, you'll have it on easy street. You have a cross to pick up every day, folks, every day. Amen. There are things that we must be willing to give up to carry our cross. Amen. Often there are people who want to be warriors and work for God, but they want to keep everything else too. They are not willing to give up the things that they like in order to carry their cross. Mark 8.34, Jesus called to him, called uh, to him the throng with his disciples and said to them, If anyone intends to come after me, let him deny himself. That is, forget, ignore, disown, lose the sight of himself and his own interests. That says everything. Why? Because God will take care of you. Part of picking up your cross is trusting God to take care of you. You will have to take care of yourself. If you obey him, he will take care of you. Amen. And he said, take up his cross. And joining me as a disciple and siding with my party, follow me continually, cleaving steadfastly to me. This has got to be the most important thing, to do the will of God. That should be our heart's desire. You can't do it without a pure heart. You can't do it without denying yourself. It is on the inside of every end-time person. Just obeying God and making him happy should be enough to make us happy. We must carry out his commandments, and this is our mandate. Self-government is the last test before promotion. You have to be right in your heart, in your thinking, and in your motives. When God exposes something in you that's not in line with him, don't try to cover it up. Amen. Don't make excuses for it. Don't try to pretend it's not there or pretend it's not wrong. You know, or somebody else. Well, God, I wouldn't have done that if they hadn't done so and so and such and such. Yes, you would have. Amen. You're going to do it anyway. You're going to do it and somebody did something. Amen. So when God exposes it, it's not in line with him. Don't try to cover it up. Take care of it with God. Quit thinking about what other people think. Those same people are going through their own thing, too. The devil's always trying to make you think about them and they, which them and they is really a pack of devils. You got me that speak to our minds and then we want to project it onto somebody else. We need to be concerned about what God only is thinking about us and doing. This time in history has been committed to us, the end time warrior. What are we going to do with the time committed to us? Amen. What are we doing with it? We will have many success stories because God's glory is going to be revealed. There is no better time to work for God than now because he is showing himself strong on our behalf and on his also. 
and he's doing great things. Amen. Witnessing to somebody about the healing power of God in the supermarket is a great thing. Telling somebody about Jesus is a great thing. Amen. It's a great thing. He wants the world to see that he is God and he is doing great things no matter how things look. So don't look at, at how things look, but what, look at what God has promised in his word. <clears throat> Isaiah 60, arise, shine, for thy light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, and look around, darkness is covering the earth. If you don't believe it, you look at any, look at any city, look at any situation and you see nothing but darkness in some quarters. But the Lord is risen upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles, or sinners, will come to your light, and kings are important people to the brightness of your rising. The sun shall be no more your light by day. Neither for brightness shall the moon give light to you, but the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God your glory. Thy sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself, for the Lord shall be your everlasting light, and the days of your mourning shall be ended. Your people shall be all righteous. They shall inherit the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. Amen. God, you may be glorified. So God wants us to inherit the land. That means personal land. That means the land that we live in, our nation, our cities. Those are our inheritance as well, folks. God wants us to take possession of those things that he has granted to us. So I'm telling you, God is doing great things, folks. We can all be a part of it. Amen. So just commit to him that you're going to be a part of every great thing that he is doing. Amen. Praise God. So we're going to do our quiz now. We can get on with our lunch. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Rachel, thank you. Can you want to come up and pass these out for me, honey? Lily, pass a few out over there for me, sweetie, okay? Yeah, give those to her, and then you can take these. Thank you. That's your side. Thank you.